Hey friends, you're listening to Go Home Bob or You're Drunk, an irreverent media podcast. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, and if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Hey everybody, this is Go Home Bible You're Drunk, the podcast where we read our Bibles and examine the weird stuff we got up to in evangelicalism, and we sometimes drink about it. My name is Justin. I was a former pastor, a ringleader in this mess, and then I decided that's not the lifestyle for me anymore. I've left that, and now now I, I feel like I need to use all the knowledge that I gained and paid a lot of money for, so that's why I have this podcast. I'm joined by my co-host from the snowy... Snowy West Coast. Not a thing you can say very often. Not a thing you can say very often. Yes. Hello, I'm Tori, also former evangelical, and now trying to, yeah, figure out the weird word of God as a person who no longer believes any of that stuff anymore, so... Yes. Decompressing in a podcast. This was ever, it's what everybody's therapist tells them to do is start a podcast. <laughs> so that's why we do this. We also have a super special guest today. I'm so yes. excited. Yay. <laughs> Lindsay, do you want to introduce yourself? Oh, yeah. Hi, I'm, I'm Lindsay Thickus. And yeah, I, I'm a former evangelical too. I've been like pretty much every sphere of Christianity. And now I'm just like, I don't know where I am. So it's, it's pretty fun. It's a uh, it's a uh, it's a fun journey out of it's even a journey. Rural, I think, yeah, you know, a, kind of a wild ride, if you will. It's confusing. It's it's a lot of things. <laughs> oh, it is. It's so confusing. I like yeah. oh, everything. It's just well, it's okay. I've been thinking about this this week. I'm just so I'm just gonna say it. It's so weird going from like we have all of the answers, like from the jump. We have all of the answers. Yeah. Like all of the answers are in the word of God, right? Like mm-hmm. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Like that's it. That's the end. There's we don't have to have more discussion. And then you leave that and it's just like, oh, like nobody has answers to any of this shit. It's really it's jarring. Now that I'm a parent, I understand it so much. Like there are so many questions that mm-hmm. my kids will ask me where it's like, this would be so convenient to be like because God wants it that way or like other things where it's like, Oh, it makes sense. Why? Mm -hmm. Like I still, I don't know quite where I lie in the belief system, but the more that I'm a parent, the more like I'm kind of just off in space and tethered. And it's like, I understand why people try to like just grasp at random answers for this. And that's how we get to here. Yeah. I mean, my kids have asked me before, like what happens when we die? 
And I'm like, mm-hmm. it'd be real easy. It'd be real nice to have like a very simple answer to this. So, you know, but it's like, usually I'm like, well, some people think that this happens. Other people think this happens. And then out of the blue, they were like, I think I'll come back as a cat. <laughs> I did not, I did not teach them reincarnation. I did not, but I think that reincarnation is kind of their belief system. So they believe actually that their little brother is our old dog reincarnated. Um, that is so cute. That's so, the cutest thing I've ever heard. I, I'm like, it's cute. It's cute, yeah. but it's also like, don't tell him that. <laughs> right. But then you used every to be now a dog. and then, yeah, you used to be a dog. And the the funny thing is, is every now and then he'll act kind of dog-like. I mean, like <laughs> like any two-year-old does. Mm-hmm. And they're like, see, we told you, Dad. Oh, like, you okay. guys were quarantined uh, then with so. the dog. Wait, did you, like, when did you, like, because our three-year-old is fully we, convinced he's yeah. a dog. And I think it's because of, like, COVID. We were isolating with yeah. a dog, and now he's just learned puppy mannerisms. And half the time, it's like, you know you're a human, right? Like, you can just ask for food and not drink it out of a bowl. <laughs> yeah, I think our the dog we have now is mm-hmm. more of an influence on, on my two-year-old than I am. <laughs> and just general behaviors. And, but I mean that's that's the wild thing about, you know, being post evangelical. It's like, okay, we don't we don't have answers. We're we're just trying to not make stuff up, but trying to do the least harmful thing to our children. Like I wanna they're gonna have therapy. I will mess them up in some way, but I want them to have the lowest therapy bills possible. It's kind of the goal for me. That's so nice. That's such a thoughtful, thoughtful way to look at it. My, my, my eight-year-old thinks that he, in a past life, was someone named John Davis. So there's that. Hmm. I love that. I don't know. That's, you know, I I can't dispute that. I know, right? It's (laughs) like, I have no argument against this. Okay. But one thing I, I don't miss certainly about evangelicalism is that like authoritarian structure mm-hmm. which is kind of what we're going to get into a little bit today is that you know because you have the answers you you're an authority on everything that you everything you see is your dominion to have authority over and i don't know tori what does that do to a human brain when they think they own everything. Oh, bad things, bad things. It causes your it causes your empathy muscles to like shrivel up and die. Which sounds weird, but it's 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 actually it seems the science seems to support that. It's like if you have a lot of power, you stop being able to like relate to other humans <laughs> as people. Like they yeah. just it just doesn't work that way, which is really unfortunate because there's a lot of people with like I suppose a relative it's, you know, it's relative, but a lot of power in evangelicalism who apparently like are just allowed to what, like let harm go completely unchecked. Cause it's like, they get to further the gospel slash we don't want to make Jesus look bad by saying that we have this like predator in our space. So we're just going to cover for them slash 
yeah. whatever else. So anyway, good times. <laughs> Lindsay, were you going to say something? I don't know why I cut in. Oh, no, that was just like, that would be a congregational amen right there. Sorry that I interjected. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it, I think, this whole John MacArthur fiasco of the last unfolding over the last couple of weeks, I'm not going to summarize the entirety of the story other than just to say it came out that he multiple times has sided with child abusers and child molesters that happened to be men in his church that were, or had people that were employed by his church. And when they're, then wives were trying to get away from them. He would say, no, you're not allowed many times. And gross, which is gross. Like, I mean, to the point where like these men would go to trial and elders in the church would like vouch for them, like their character. Like, yeah. For their character. Yeah. yeah. So we like, never had growing up. I don't, there weren't any like scandals in, in our church in terms of like anyone with any like amount of power, abusing power but definitely mm-hmm. like pastors would go and like vouch for other people in court be like they're a good person they attend church every week it's like that doesn't that's not gonna keep you from being an abuser like yeah, yeah. do you live under a rock like what is happening yeah i i yeah. come from a um, sphere where doug wilson had a huge influence and that's something very Oh. That he did quite Not a bit. Doug Wilson. Oh. oh my gosh! Yeah, it got real he's funny a, for a second a there. Of, he's the fan of the pod. Oh no! <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm sure. Oh yeah, he's the absolute worst. That was that was where. Um, if you want to know the biggest miracle ever, my husband and I were given Doug Wilson for our premarital counseling, like Doug Wilson books, and somehow we're still married and we still love each other, and we're like away from all that. So. Oh, wow. That's, that's my, a feat. My, my condolences. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks so much. I mean, yeah, I was given I was given books by like Michael and Debbie Pearl. So it wasn't mm. awesome. <laughs> yeah, no. Bad. Yeah. It's pretty bad. But not. Yeah, not interested. Didn't read them. Yeah. I was <laughs> like, these people are abusers. So I'm not going to read their books. Oh, yeah. my gosh. What shenanigans are evangelicals up to this week? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, def- defend carrying water for John MacArthur is Boo. has been a big one because it's it it's this is the weird juxtaposition. I think someone made this on Twitter. I can't remember who it was. It might have been New Evangelicals. I don't remember, but like that Evangelicals this week simultaneously are condemning Saddleback because Saddleback ordained a woman, and that's just the worst crime ever. Uh, but also defending John MacArthur for sheltering abusers i don't know make that make sense yeah like an abusive man in ministry is better than a woman anywhere that's under any circumstances so did you see the whole sbc disfellowship thing yeah they disfellowshipped oh i'm sorry these things are squeaky they disfellowshipped five different churches for having women pastors whoa and then one for having an abusive member on staff and so one of the churches it later came out was not actually a part of the SBC. They were just like, we're kicking you out of like, <laughs> I don't quite know what the reasoning was there, but it's just like, if, if you're thinking about it, no, it's not going to work out for you. So just go over there. But yeah. Oh 
It's <laughs> it's like the definition of oh a power God. trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The funny thing is, like, Saddleback is like, no one thinks of it as an SBC church, really. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, at least I don't. Like, I think of it more as like a non denominational. It's like, oh, they were actually part of that? Like, oh, I'm sure this is going to hurt them. All right. But whatever. And, and I love that how the Southern Baptist Convention has no power. They're like, oh, we have no power. We're a congregational model until suddenly they do in the sense that they can disfellowship people and, and, get rid of them which is yeah just not okay but like so how many churches were involved in like what ended up coming out with sbc in terms of like their abusive pastor shuffling situation like how many churches was that and how many of those churches were removed i don't know there was like it was more than five it was a literal excel spreadsheet like they had an entire spreadsheet of it so like i don't I don't know. It was way more than five. But, you know, I, I mean, women are definitely very dangerous. So that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's... Yeah. Because, like, we're closer to Satan than we are to God. Because mm-hmm. there's between us and God, there's men. <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> it's like yeah. God, men, women, Satan. Or, yeah. like, God, men, Satan, women. I'm not sure. <laughs> depends yeah. on the day. We're real close to Satan because our boobs weigh us down. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why we bleed every month. Yeah, (laughs) you're not as aerodynamic as a man. Therefore, you're closer to Satan. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. I mean, like, that makes more sense than, like, the shit they told us. So... Mm -hmm. True. Yeah, I love, I love, love, love the reasoning that, like, okay... You got to be real careful around men. Like you got to watch how you dress because they are not very strong and you will lead them to stumble. But also you cannot lead them because they are stronger than you. It's like, no, that mm, that's that's a frail sense of mind. Like it makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. A lot of circular reasoning and a mm-hmm. lot of basically if there's a way to make a woman look bad in any situation, that's going to be what the policy is. Oh, yeah, of like, course. If, you know, like, oh, you know, she's, and even like stuff that counts as immodesty, like, like, I'm sorry, like Baptist boys, like they got a lot of weird kinks, like, <laughs> you know, like a hoodie and jeans is somehow immodest, you know, like that's showing her ankles. Like, oh, that's no. Yeah, I was lucky that I like didn't didn't have to like wear dresses every day i only had to wear them to church on sundays i could wear pants on wednesday nights and like bible study and all that stuff so you know but i think that i think that like pastors don't just fundamentally fail to understand power dynamics like i think that's really what it comes down to and it's you know it's not just pastors obviously like ceos have the same Mm. problem apparently everyone with a penis in hollywood also is like Mm -hmm. Questions. (laughs) Questions. <laughs> yeah. Well, like what what's going on here? But yeah, it's it's interesting because it's like it's like the Democrats and Hollywood, those are those are all those are all the pedophiles. But like the pastors, it's like, well, they're doing God's work, so you know, we have to like forgive them. Like everyone everyone messes up from time to time. Yeah. What are you talking about? Like, I thought it's just nothing is consistent, right? Like there's there's no mm-hmm. like morally consistent framework anywhere in there right it's like yeah it doesn't 
doesn't matter how upstanding you are if you're a woman like you can't you can't be in charge of anything it's just it's just very very weird and yeah power trippy and like egalitarianism is bad but yeah like like people who have no ability to control like their hands brains behavior like well you're good get a pass like what's funny to me is in like the victorian era it was the exact opposite like mm-hmm. women were viewed as the uncontrollable ones as the ones with an out of control sex drive and men were the almost like viewed as asexual in a lot of ways or was like you know they would be tempted away by these crazy women that are just you know can't control themselves but like now it's like when you go to any youth group in evangelicalism it's like oh you boys you're wild you know you can't control yourself your sexuality is just you know, wild and, and women have to almost be asexual in some ways. It's just, and that to me is like, they, they appeal to that as like, it's some fundamental truth, but you go back not that long ago in history and it's like sexuality was viewed the opposite and was probably true in some ways because mm-hmm. that was the way society shapes and we know nature, nurture, you know, expectations, that kind of thing. And you go back a little bit further and it's probably different too. And so, you know, our sexuality, our ability to, have authority and you know autonomy is is it it changes and and maybe whatever we our, our society is meant to benefit the people in power not necessarily the people that live in the society and that goes along with culture too so it's and and, and that's the thing that just kills me about all these stories that keep coming out about these guys covering up abuse and covering up all these scandals it's like what are you protecting like, mm-hmm. um, like, I guess, or what's the trade-off? Like, why can't you? Couldn't you view have admitted right away? Like, hey, this dude's an abuser, and I got fooled. Like, send him to jail, please. <laughs> like, that gets you the right kind of press. I just, I don't understand the mindset. Yeah, it's weird. Like this, it's the power dynamic is weird because it's like it's always a reflection on the person with the power. Like whatever the infraction is, somehow I like I don't I don't really understand it. But in terms of like I'm just I'm just thinking about like parenting dynamics, right? Of like if kids aren't if kids are not behaving like adults, then that reflects poorly on the parents, you know, and. It's also, I feel like it's very similar. It's like, oh, if anybody finds out about this, like it's going to reflect poorly on me. It's like, no, that's like a grown ass man. (laughs) Like you had nothing to do with his choices. I don't know, except maybe the fact that like you had him over for dinner a couple of times or whatever. Like there, that's not a, it's just, it's so weird. It's so weird. It's like, who's responsible for what? And like, who's responsible for what? Like inside the church, who's responsible for like, who looks good outside from like the outside looking in like it's all just very very odd and then this shit comes out and like nothing happens like nobody Mm. has to resign like there's no restitution it's just like oh yeah our bad like sorry we did the thing we weren't supposed to do but like we thought we were doing the right thing because we prayed about it and stuff and like we just wanted to make sure that the ministry like stayed on track so fuck your kid i guess well, and they're they're framing it as like an attack on John MacArthur's legacy. Please die, bitch, and then we can talk about your legacy. <laughs> like that's my 
that's my take. Like, no, you yeah. don't have a legacy. Die. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was already dead, honestly. <laughs> oh, no. I think he's on dialysis it. currently. Uh, he, he's not doing well. Oh, yeah, good. but he also... He probably has he probably has money, so he's probably gonna be fine. He's gonna be like Trump and he's gonna live to like 106. Oh shit. I can't handle it. I really can't. <laughs> so like I don't know. In Doug Wilson land, how does this authority stuff play out? Oh my god. Um it's it's bad. It's so bad. Um uh, because essentially there was a case in which it was found out that a man was uh, abusing somebody within his church. And so Doug, like children, like it, it's a very awful story. So Doug Wilson was like, he vouched for him at the court trial. And then he married him off to a young girl within the church. And then it came out that he was abusing his own children. It's, it's a terrible story. But like, essentially, he's like, oh, oh well, I did nothing wrong. I, I, there's like, I mean, I was there. I just was there too. I like, we preached the gospel and he was saved, but like, it's so weird because my own pastor at the time, it came out that like he was trying to convince people to be emotionally abusive to their spouses in order to like control them and like control their reactions to things. So as far as pastors go, it's not the worst thing you could do, but it's not great. And um, it's just, there's just so much carnage that gets left behind. Like we quit the church shortly before it shut down and they told everybody, well, they didn't have a lot of faith. They weren't very faithful to the church. And we didn't realize it until later, until somebody like repented to us and was like, I'm so sorry that I thought this about you. And I'm like, I didn't know you thought that about me, but that makes a lot of sense about things too. So it's just, it's just like trying to control the flock in whatever way you can, in whatever way makes you look good. Because then like, once people leave, it's let's talk shit behind their backs and explain why they went away and like try to like cover our tracks in that way too. Because the thing about it is I do think that a lot of these branches are dying off. And I think that they're just trying to save mm. face however possible they can. So it's not like, oh, these people realized that this terrible thing was happening. It's these people were just not very good. They're, they just weren't very like devout. So it's a very confusing, very long path to go down. And like a lot of that we were really encouraged like listen to John MacArthur and stuff too. So it's a lot of those like sort of fundamental sort of reformed things where, you know, like they cut women out however possible because how they view women is very poorly and they don't want to like face the repercussions of that. So if we don't give them a voice then they're not going to bother us and just different things like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. Cause I, I feel like, it's fascinating the way that you get retconned out of the story. Like you weren't mm -hmm. a true believer if you leave, but if you stay in, even if you're a sexual predator, yeah, like the story gets rewritten in your favor. It's yeah. just so, it's so weird. It's so weird. And it's so like yeah. frustrating, especially to just watch it and like almost scream and like try to be like, I don't understand how you can continue on this path because it just, it leads to like, there's somebody that I know who fell victim to some of the people within the church. And whenever she walked away from the faith, it's like everybody like just shunned her. And it's like, how can you do that whenever clearly, clearly you were the ones like, I mean, even if you're looking at the words of Christ, it's, 
it'll be like a millstone around your neck where like if you lead one of us if you lead one of my children astray and that's exactly what they're doing but they're like well this millstone feels really comfortable so why not yeah Uh, and i'm trying to ask this question delicately but like i get why a man stays in those systems but why do you think there are also so many women that like not just stay in them but also like enforce this kind of stuff on other women to try to maintain the status quo or what is what's the appeal i guess i think that we're groomed from such a young age to understand it yeah sorry go tori yeah, go ahead absolutely and i think that there's like the, there's the community piece of it too i yeah. think that like you know i mean it's this, it's the same reason that white women protect like the patriarchy right and and like that is that's more worthwhile to them even though like the vast majority of of violence committed against white women is by white dudes but like it's still important to protect the patriarchy because it's like your proximity to power i feel like it's got to be the same way in the church right that like you don't actually get to have power but like maybe you get to have something with like other other women in the church but it's like it's community i think it's like this codependence almost because like Lindsay said they just sort of like train you from a very young age and then you don't have any you don't have any resources to like get out of that yeah. right it's like you don't mm-hmm. i i just i remember distinctly like and i still feel this way sometimes it's just like i don't i don't know how to not be a christian like i don't know how to not stay in this environment because it's like that's all i've ever known and so i think that like there is sort of i think it's there's two I would say there's kind of two sides to it. Like one of it is one side is like the proximity to power piece, mm-hmm. I think can be really appealing to some women. And I think the other side is like, it's like, well, what, where are you going to go? Yeah. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very much like the, well, this is, this is what you got. And I think that that's why they end up trying to like marry like teen girls off and like, marry off abusers to young women because they think that it's like women are just just a vessel to like contain men's sexuality and it's like but if this dude's already an abuser like that's not gonna work like he's not gonna be like oh sweet i have a wife now everything's fine like that wasn't the problem right yeah the problem was that he feels entitled to power and other people's bodies a sacrificial lamb is not going to change that for him (laughs) yeah so i would say it's kind of like a two two-sided answer from from my perspective at least yeah yeah i'll agree with that like there's one thing that the church does really well and that is they build a community and like it's a really hard community to leave and like whenever you do leave it's like oh gosh like i have so many friends where i like built up really strong relationships and they were people who i would talk to about like literally everything and the second I started questioning, they were gone. Like, I don't talk to any of the bridesmaids for my wedding anymore or anything like that, except for my sisters, but that's different. But like, there are just so many scenarios where like, that's the, your entire world for so long. And if you leave that, then you leave all stability, you leave all friendships. And I mean, you have to start over. And that's a very, it, like Tori said, it's very jarring to go through and to try to figure it out because... Also, it sucks making friendships in your like 30s because it's really hard. And like at church, at least, you know, you have a community group. And there are times when I'm like, do I need to go back to church just so I could find a community group? And it's like, 
no, no, I do not. But there's always that temptation like right there. So I'll agree with that, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's like learning how to make friends outside mm -hmm. of the church. Is that's when you realize that you were in a cult, I think, mm -hmm. or it's or very culty because you're like, I, I don't know how to relate to people that don't believe the same things I do. Like, I, I don't know how to do it, or at least at a deep level. I mean, I get coworkers and stuff, whatever, but like, like to have like actual close friends that don't agree with you on everything is mm -hmm. it's hard to do when you have been in these systems for so long where it's like the whole point is like we all believe the same thing I mean, we tori and i talked about that a couple episodes ago and i think now like this now like kind of focusing on authority I, I think so much of like the mishaps of like john MacArthur in this whole debacle was like this belief that like this is the there's a way the world works and any deviation from that is like you don't really take it into account. So if this woman's mm. trying to file a restraining order against her husband to protect her children, like, well, that's, she's the one leaving the marriage because the marriage is like the thing that God ordained. So right. God ordained it. And if you try to leave it, like no matter what, so it's just this very rigid belief system that clearly doesn't work, particularly for women, but it doesn't really work for men either. Honestly, uh, it just works a little bit less poorly for men. And, and that's like, and I, I saw this in my growing up years too, like just this like rigid, like, you know, I had relatives that, you know, had, had kids out of wedlock or whatever. And like, we would, we would tell them, oh, you can't live with them. You need to live apart until you get married. And like, this is like, no, like they're raising a child. Like, like the, the time for the, these kind of rules is kind of over now, but like the rigidity of that system is, uh, it makes you a very rigid thinker, really. And, there's also a lot of fashy vibes in the whole, like, the wife will contain you that Tori was talking about. Like, like all those, all these, like, new Christian nationalists are, like, trying to get young men wives. And it's, uh, I don't, I don't feel like it's working out for them. But, but also, like, yeah, this belief that, like, wives will fix the problem of dying masculinity or something. I don't know. No. Make it make sense. No, no, gross. I just, I, the thing that always just stuns me about this entire world is how rigid masculinity is and how much they push against anybody. Like, it's like, you're not a man if you believe this. But if you say, yeah, you're right, I'm not a man, then they're like, oh my gosh, you can't do that. And it's like, mm, you, you're the one putting these systems all in. It's just, I, I don't understand any of it. There's so many loopholes. And the second you point them out, they're just fuming. <laughs> it is interesting when it comes to like manhood and womanhood. And I mean, I can only talk to my experience of manhood, but like manhood is like uh, in our culture, mm -hmm. especially evangelical culture. It's like something you achieve that mm -hmm. like that you can lose, like you can lose your manhood or something <laughs> you get your man card revoked you get your man card revoked <laughs> for drinking where, lattes <laughs> yeah like uh, you, you drink <laughs> a soy latte so and that's that that docks you man points <laughs> um you know and there's a bank there's a bank of manliness that you know you can if you go in the negative well then you know you're 
out of the club or something. Or a beta or I don't know, whatever the term is. You get downgraded. Um, whereas I don't know that womanhood is seen quite that way. Like, I don't know that there's, I, I haven't heard it, but I'm also not a woman. Maybe you guys say it to each other all the time. I, like, well, I say that to every woman I meet. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I've never, ever heard anyone talk about losing your woman card. <laughs> well, that's the thing is that yeah. it's not cool to be a woman. Like we were, I was talking about somebody like, okay, I'm sorry. If I go on too many tangents, just cut me off. It's fine. No, you're fine. But I was talking about ADHD. my ADHD. You're fine. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. I'm about my unabashed love of Paramore, you know, and like, of course, but they, yeah. I was like, it wasn't cool to like Paramore whenever I was actually like in high school and stuff, because you couldn't relate to female things. You want it to be like, not like other girls. You want it to be like kind mm. of a pick me girl where it was like, you know, I'm not like other girls. I'm special. And I don't like kind of get like, I don't kind of watch all these rom-coms and all this other stuff. And now I just feel like I'm overcompensating. Like I will go to sleep to Pride and Prejudice every single night. But like, you know, you don't want to be like a woman. You want to be like more like a man. You want to be somebody that a man can appreciate. You know, you want to drink whiskey alongside him and ask him how his day was and maybe rub his feet a little bit. And like, it's just, it's, it's, it's. It's a frustrating system to be within, but I, and maybe I just like imposed all this on myself, but like, I just feel like I spent so much time just trying to not be like other women. And when it's like, oh, actually this really kind of rocks. Like, I don't know why I just try to avoid this for so long, but yeah. I think that's definitely true. You saw like you're not losing anything by, mm-hmm. I mean, you can't, you can't like go outside of authority but you're not actually losing anything bad by i think in there's a it's okay it's a bell curve right (laughs) like there's a point of diminishing returns but for for i think for a lot of women like you're not actually losing that much if you are not like as long as you present super feminine it's like you can be out like chopping wood or like in the cornfield or like raising pigs or whatever like nobody cares about that shit right like that's not even though some of that is considered sort of like traditionally masculine and like a western kind of construct yeah like as long as you as long as you present as like super girly it's you're fine i guess something yeah so it's not there's at least I I don't know. I feel like things are changing kind of quickly, but like from from when I was when I was in like high school, college, I definitely feel like yeah, there was sort of this like you want to be feminine, but you don't want to be girly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's right. Yeah. Feminine but also a badass. Like it's like do CrossFit or at least like eat keto. Yeah. <laughs> it made bisexuality very confusing someone who did crossfit for 10 years i will say that yeah that's that's the thing yeah it it is funny like i don't know if it's just like the era or what but yeah it's like this yeah be a woman but don't be too girly but like yeah if you're gonna drink whiskey but like you know don't like it as much as your man because then like that make it make him feel bad you know right you don't you can't be better oh no than him you can't be better at whiskey than at him. anything no yeah. i mean and i was like this is i was told this growing up i was like like when i was younger because i have 
a younger brother, like I was very explicitly told, like, you have to pretend like you're not stronger than he is because he's going to get really angry if he thinks that like a girl is can beat him up. A girl is stronger than him. A girl can do something he can't do. Like What? Well, you're 10. <laughs> like, yes, most women people can do things you can't do because you're a child. Because <laughs> you're 10. <laughs> right? Like, what are we even talking about here? But yeah, it was like masculinity is so fragile that like your big sister could like devastate you for life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, oh, and, okay. And what kind of men does that system create? No, probably not real strong ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, super fragile John MacArthur's is what it creates. Like yeah. that literally can't admit they're wrong because they can't conceive mm-hmm. of the idea that they would be wrong because mm-hmm. they've had people prop them up their whole life to be like oh yeah you're right and and it's like I mean, we can make fun of john MacArthur, but it's like he has a seminary that he trains ministers in he has a lot of influence in a lot of these places same as doug wilson you know so it's like it, it's not just like this one person it's that this one person is now being the model for so many other people just like mark driscoll was too yeah he's another yeah. misogynist like like probably abusive in some ways i don't not, not gonna lay child abuse on him or anything but just abusive in other ways just the way he talks about his spouse publicly i i feel like that's not the best situation to be in but i'm not gonna make accusations but it just like just the shit show of misogyny and authoritarianism that this system creates um, I think comes from that. Like you can't, well, you never, never make a man feel like he's inadequate. And honestly, those, a lot of those men need to feel like they're inadequate because they are academically, physically, mentally, like they are. I, I know, I know many trans women that would, could just run circles up around them. <laughs> oh <laughs> my Academically, spiritually, physically, like, and they, they need to be taken down a peg. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you may have, I think you may have hit on something there, Justin. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> right? It's like, you've got to protect these people because it's like, but then they, then they, the unfortunate part of this is then it's like, Lord grant me the confidence of a mediocre white man. Like they don't yeah. know that they're mediocre because mm-hmm. no one will tell them. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then they lose their shit when they finally figure it out. It's like an existential crisis. It's like, bro, you're not special. (laughs) You're just a guy. I'm sorry. Yeah. There's this great clip and I'm just going to show my nerd pedigree right now on this uh, show called, it's called dimension 20. It's a YouTube show done by drop. I was done by dropout. It's a Dungeons and Dragons show, you know, just, you know, putting it out there. But there's this great clip where this guy, one of these characters is like, you know, hitting on one of them, one of the female characters. And he's like, I happen to be a nice guy, you know. And then she just lays him out. She's like, I hate to be the one to do this to you. But like, what is it that you offer to anybody? Do you have any hobbies, skills, like any anything to offer? He's like, well, that was kind of harsh. You know, this is just like... <laughs> Like, but but like i feel like so many so many men need to have these like come to jesus meetings so it's like what is it that you offer like you keep saying like, i want a wife i want you know you know why why don't 
why don't women, you know, return my phone calls, you know, when I randomly call them at night? Like, well, take a look in the mirror, bud. Like, you can't just, like, step out into the world and expect it to just come to you like it did when you were 10. Unfortunately, that word that tends to fall to women to, to break these men down. But, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll take a we'll take a quick break for some capitalism. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth. And this podcast is just that here at the Speaking in Church podcast. We talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast. And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Thanks, everybody, for taking that little capitalism break with us. If you would like to not hear ads and would like to also participate in a community of people that listen to the show and have similar interests you can go to patreon.com slash go home bible and that will give you all the details you need uh, to start that and uh, join our discord and hang out you can also get a life verse as well you know it's it's your life verse given to you from by the lord mediated by your authority figures Justin and Tori. Gross. Uh, <laughs> spiritual authority figures. It's the only time we claim a spiritual authority. So, yeah, if you'd like to join the Second Church of the Drunken Bible, just go there. Patreon.com. Slash go home Bible. So, yeah. So, yeah, the church and authority. It's a problem. Yeah, it's a bad thing. And it's weird because it's like, I don't, I don't know. It does feel to me like the more I've been thinking about this for a while. It does feel to me like the more conservative the church is and like this, I could be wrong. Happy, I'd love to be wrong, actually. It feels like the more conservative the church is, the more like kind of gross and abusive it is mm-hmm. if like something goes wrong. And it's not that something goes wrong in every single one of those spaces. Like that's not true at all, thankfully. But like just I've been thinking, I've been thinking a lot about like, yeah, like Doug Wilson and and the Duggars and like people who actively try to keep since we're banning all books now people who actively try to keep their children from knowing anything about sex or sexuality like that seems to go way worse (laughs) than people who like give their give their kids information about like their bodies just like basic functions I mean maybe this is just maybe this is just a bias that I have and I'm totally wrong and there are people out there who like give their kids really good information and teach them about consent and they raise absolute monsters who go and like start huge organizations that are (laughs) tax exempt and also (laughs) engage in all kinds of abuse and assault and just get to do it like completely unchecked maybe that is a thing that exists somewhere but yeah it really seems to me like looking at like cat like the catholic church obviously the whole thing with the SBC, like I know the Mormon church has a massive problem with this as well. And it's just, it really does feel like the more you try to keep information from like women and children, mainly mm-hmm. like the worse the outcomes are for those people. 
You know, I mean, and I think about like, I've been, I've just been like writing and researching and reading for like days and days and days. So I've been thinking about this because it's just like my day job. But, you know, there was a reason that it was a crime for like enslaved people to learn to read and write. (laughs) Like that was not an accident. Like they knew that that was a huge power differential that you could just have built in. And it's exact, I think it's exactly the same when you refuse to teach kids about sexuality and consent right is that you create this massive power differential the issue being it's like the people like the people around you it's like it might not be you that's like the abuser but like someone who has access to your kids like probably is because those environments are attractive to people who want to prey on others like those environments are attractive to people who want power and think they deserve it so i i mean i don't know again this is just my thoughts lately because i've been i've just been reading reading up on it but yeah it really does seem to me that like kind of the more you try to disempower women and children like the worse shit goes for them i think that a really good example of that would be the amish church actually like the amish church is like very they have had so many issues of abuse go on and I mean, it's a community that's completely isolated from like worldly information. And I, I think that that almost like just sort of sadly proves your point. Yeah. And it's it, it's interesting because the the way these churches are set up like that, that's like part of the, the appeal is 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 the authority. Like we we tell yeah. you how the world works. Yeah. And. And some people fit in that mold, you know, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, I, I think most of us realized at a certain point that, you know, people listening to this podcast and those of us that are hosting it like that, we didn't fit and we were never going to. Mm-hmm. And and that wasn't and that wasn't a bad thing. But I think uh, David Hayward, the naked pastor, he had a great video I don't know, a couple weeks ago or a couple of days ago where he basically said, I reject spiritual authority. Like, I reject the idea that someone has authority over me without my consent. It's like that, you know, that doesn't mean I don't, like, hire spiritual directors or have pastors in my life or people that have influence, but it's like, it's because I choose them to be there. Uh, no one has, no one has spiritual authority over me that I don't freely choose. Um I felt like that was a very good perspective because I think some of a lot of these communities, a lot of these spaces, a lot of conservative theology is like the pastor has authority over you, period. Mm-hmm. Like then they can wade into whatever situation you're in, whether it's a divorce or whether it's, you know, any issue at all. Uh, they can wade in and speak to it and and provide discipline. I mean, that all of these uh, things coming out of John MacArthur's church were cases of church discipline. Mm, um yeah well they were going to discipline a woman for filing a restraining order against their abusive husband which i don't even know what the discipline is like like what it's, it's just like you can't come i don't i don't you know owe the church money i don't know what <laughs> i don't necessarily dig that deep into it but it's just like even that idea that 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 somebody not the government has the authority to discipline someone else an adult mm-hmm. Like that mm-hmm. one adult has the ability to discipline another adult based on criteria that they set. Right. 
that seems ripe for abuse. Yeah. Because there's like it because of the power differential, I think. Like I think that there is like uh, just the idea of of mutuality, right? Like there's no such thing as mutual respect really in the church. I mean, like maybe between men, but like from from my perspective of someone who was socialized female like in that in those spaces, it was like there was no in terms of like friendships or even like dating relationships, there was no like mutual respect. Like there's, it's not like, like, like a marriage is not a, a a relationship built on mutual respect, right? It's built on hierarchy. And so I think that, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think it's irrelevant that like when we say like rape is not about sex, it's about power, right? (laughs) Like, hierarchical churches are not about the gospel they are about power that's just i think that's just how it is i i I don't see any exceptions to that again happy to be wrong please dm me i would love to be wrong about this but yeah so it's really then it was like once we leave those spaces whatever that looks like and like finding finding spaces where like mutual respect and sorry to use the a word but like accountability is like a reasonable thing to expect. It's a reasonable thing to expect to receive. It's like a reasonable thing to say like, Hey, these are my needs. These are my boundaries. Like let's negotiate a way to like, make sure that we're like getting our needs met. Like what, what the fuck does that even look like? Right. Like I can't even really fathom that in like the context of, of, of community or like friendship. Right. And, and that's like, that's my work that I'm doing right now. And it, fucking hate it it sucks but whatever but yeah i mean i really think that like there's no there's no hierarchy that's not about power right and i think that i think that like people who want power like people who try to accumulate power i don't know like it's real sketch just from the jump in my opinion so we have a consensus i think that authority is like randomly assigned authority is probably wrong mm-hmm. and fight for abuse but i i, I actually kind of want to pivot to the deconstruction space because sometimes we're not much better um especially men i'll just i'll just say mm-hmm. it men in the deconstruction space i always get a little bit wary of a openly sexual polyamorous man who's just like just, you know, like just fresh off the boat from conservative Christianity. I'm like, how, how much did you deconstruct? Or are you just like, I can sleep with all the things now? And like, how do we, how do you deconstruct the obsession with authority? I think that, yeah, damn, like that's, that's a lot. I think that there is like, it takes a lot of work to get to the point where you see yourself as like equal to people that you have been taught, trained, coded by society to see as like beneath you. <laughs> like, like that's a big, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of mental work that takes a lot of, like that doesn't just happen, right? It just doesn't. You have to be intentional about unlearning that shit if that's the way you were programmed, which I think inside the church outside the church in deconstruction spaces like if you if you're like if you were socialized male you there's maybe a piece of that that like got stuck in you like at least do at least do the work of like examining right i know nothing is universal like but 
for for most of us in those spaces, like we like we internalized something about hierarchy and power being good, at least in the hands of like certain people. And I think that the way that we interpret the Bible is very much through that lens of, you know, if God gives you power, it's okay for you to do harm, right? He would not have given you power if it was not okay for you to use it. And yeah, I mean, I think, I think evangelicals worship power and like deconstructing in terms of like leaving, leaving faith behind or deciding that like religion is for inferior people or like weak-minded folks or whatever, whatever conclusion you leap to like, that's, that's, that's also bad. Like you haven't, you Mm -hmm. haven't done the work of deconstructing. I don't think. And I think that, I mean, I feel kind of lucky in the sense that like, I guess I feel, I feel very, I've felt, I've always felt very defensive of like black churches, even though on, on like just a personal intellectual level i don't love the fact that like black churches it's like christianity was forced on these people like under threat of violence and you know i think it's i don't love the fact that it's still appealing but i also don't get to like unilaterally determine what isn't isn't beneficial for people right Mm -hmm. and i think that there is that piece of community that is really good for people like community is so incredibly essential for people who have experienced trauma and I think that like, like Lindsay said at the beginning, like churches are good at creating community, like, you know, for all of their faults and flaws and whatever else, like, it's just an easy space to create some like camaraderie between people who, especially for people who have like similar experiences, like in the same tax bracket or like uh part, like part of the same, like social hierarchy, whatever that, however high or low you happen to be on that, that ladder. You know, so for me personally, like, I don't love it, but I've always been very, very protective, defensive, I'm not sure which word to use there, about, of of the black church, because I'm like, you don't get to deconstruct, I think, like, especially as a white dude, (laughs) like, I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. you don't get to deconstruct and then decide, like, you're better than, like, black Christians, because. Oh, yeah you're you're smarter than them right because you left and they didn't like i'm sorry that's just not how it works and so even though i don't necessarily get it right like i don't necessarily get religious spaces anymore like it's not something it's not something that particularly appeals to me but i'm still very defensive of of like like there are a lot there i don't know why there are a lot of native people who are catholic right and it's just like a thing that was forced on them at some point and like it stuck for some people. I, you know, and I'm like, I don't get to shit on those people because that's a space that they choose to stay in. Or I don't get to shit on those people because if they find comfort in that shit, like, you know, I think that there's something just for me, I think there's something really powerful about taking, taking something that was weaponized against you and like using it to find like solace and comfort, like, like turning, turning like the power around like turning power on its head to me is like a really subversive way to like go through life i think especially for marginalized peoples and like minoritized groups yeah but i think that it is really hard i think especially for for men i think it can be really really hard 
to leave those spaces and go like, oh, I'm not better than any of these people that I think I'm better than, like that I've been coded to believe I am better than, that I've been coded to believe I'm mm-hmm. smarter than. Like if you and I and I hope that I, I hope that this comes through when I communicate like on this podcast just as an example, right? Because it's not, I don't think that I'm better than evangelicals, even like. I think that my ethics are more consistent (laughs) and I do think that that's like a net positive compared to like whatever the fuck they're doing. But at the end of the day, like I'm not, I'm not worthy of something that they're not worthy of. Like I'm not more, I don't even, I've barely even believe in the concept of intelligence at all, but like I'm not more intelligent because like I got out and they didn't right? Like everybody has their own internal motivations. Like nervous systems are fucking weird. And like, you can't really, we don't have great explanations for like how brains work. I mean, everything we know about brains we've learned in the last 30 years. Right. So yeah, I think that there's, there's a lot more deconstructing that you have to do besides just like, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm an atheist now, or like I'm out, or I'm like an ex evangelical. Like, great, cool. Congrats. Like if that's something that was healthy for you, like I'm, I'm here for that. Absolutely. But that's not, that's like the first step, right? Like you have not arrived anywhere <laughs> if that's where you are, which is fine. We're all on a journey, right? But you, you can't just camp out there and be like, okay, I'm good now, right? Like I get to just like fuck all the things and I'm cool. You really have to unlearn that like elitist hierarchical thinking or we're just going to keep playing out the same patterns, just not with a church attached. I always think it's really telling whenever you go in deconstruction spaces and you watch how they treat the black church, because often you can tell everything that you need to know based off of that. Like I've seen some people make an absolute idiot out of themselves, like just how they interact and stuff and how they think. And it's like, oh, you still have so much of that ingrained in your brain and you need to go back like a thousand spaces because you're still you may not believe in it anymore but you're still operating under an evangelical sphere it's one thing that i have thought is really interesting too and this is as i like i identify as a queer woman woman i think that there are a lot of women who like realize that oh hey i have attraction to other women and they objectify women the same way now that they've always heard that men do like I don't know if this is just a phenomenon to me like but it's like they've always heard oh men are just gonna view you as like an object for sex and now that they are like realizing that oh I have this attraction they are also like oh okay I'm gonna treat women this way and maybe I'm way off base with that like this is still something that I'm exploring but I've just I thought that that's kind of interesting where it's like you kind of need to evaluate how you view women too, because they shouldn't just be like, I don't know. Is this, has anybody else experienced this at all or no? I mean, I haven't personally. Okay. Um, it's only, uh, well, a, yeah, sorry. It's only like a few people that, uh, yeah. But it does, I guess it does make sense to me in, in the, in the sense that in our society, this is how you love a woman. Mm-hmm. And it's, exactly. It's, that's been that script has been written by men Mm -hmm. um and so you kind of jump into that script maybe not even knowing it in the you know like oh this is how we love women uh in this in this society which isn't very healthy to begin with and i yeah i could definitely see the 
you would take on some of those toxic scripts just because like that's what's in the air. But I don't know, Tori, as 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 the other resident queer person in this space. I'm not. I'm straight. I've 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 tried to be queer. I can't. Um, God bless you. <laughs> I don't know. And you know, maybe I'm way off base. Maybe I'm still trying to navigate all this because I'm just like I'm a, I'm a newly I'm a newly queer person. <laughs> like I don't know. Yeah, I think that's again like that's how we're coded. We don't see anything else, right? And it's like we see it outside of church obviously like there's a lot of objectification but there's a ton of objectification in evangelical churches too right and that's, like there's there's a reason that like my smoking hot wife is like a whole genre of memes <laughs> like that's that's not an accident right like like objectification kind of like rolls over and i think that that's a space again where it's like we have to kind of retrain our brains to be like okay, what does consent look like, right? Like I need to, and people get so weirded out. Like every time I say this, I'm like, where I'm just like, oh yeah, like if I if I want to flirt with someone, like I just straight up ask them like, hey, is it cool if I flirt with you? Um, and everyone, like not everyone, lots of people are like, oh my God, that's so weird. That's so awkward. Like how can you even do that? And I'm like easily, because I respect this person actually. <laughs> like, no, I love that so much. I like, love I think it you're so cool much. and I would like you to be comfortable. I would like you to be comfortable. I think you're a cool person. And so like me making you uncomfortable actually means like I'm probably going to spend less time. Like I'm going to have less access to you. So like whatever you need is it works for me. Like communication. But people are like, oh, that's so that's so weird. That's so awkward. Like, how do you do that? Like that kills the vibe. Like, I don't know what kind of rapey vibe y'all are going for over yeah. here. But like, yeah. stop. Well, yeah, and we get we get so many of our ideas from movies where it's like, you know, That's they true. That's see a good each point. other and they get closer, no talking at all, and they just know to start making out, and then they know that making out just turns into sex, and it's good sex, you know, <laughs> like all the clothes fall off just perfectly. <laughs> no one does the weird awkward pants thing, or the trying to, you know, like. Pants are pants are not sexy to to take off. They're not. No, they're not. Stop pretending pants are sexy to take off. They're not. It's more just like give me a second here, <laughs> while I untangle these things from my body. Like, but like that's that's what we're right. like. It's supposed to be this smooth, almost like you know, we'll just communicate with our minds and our bodies. It's and vibes. Like, it's, it's all, all vibes. vibes. You know and. That I, I don't think it works that way. No. No, communication is good because most of us are really bad at reading minds. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One thousand percent. Because according to every Christian minister, every woman <laughs> wants to sleep with them. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I spent so much time watching Patagonia Pastor today. I can't. I can't do it. Oh my gosh. It, like the thing that I thought of was the Mean Girls meme. Like, why are you so obsessed with me? Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it's how they are. I like, I, so my former pastor who I talked about, who's like a Doug Wilson person, he's like, oh yeah, there was a woman trying to sleep at me, sleep with me at a bar. And I was going to like leave my wife for her. And it's like, first of all, I've met your wife. I don't know how you got your wife. But secondly, I can guarantee you that no woman was doing like they always think so highly of themselves and they look like a Mr. Potato had that like 
somebody put together while they weren't even paying attention. And it's like, this is not, no, mm -mm, they were not coming on to you. No. Well, she was your waitress asking what your drink order was. <laughs> let me get you a drink. Yeah. Like, let me get, oh, she wants she's me to. She's hitting on me. She's hitting on Ooh. I might leave my wife for her. <laughs> Would you like a little like, more water? Like, no. how are you, how are you doing over there? Oh, she like, she's getting paid heart. to ask you this. <laughs> this is her job. Stop. Yeah. Literally she, doing her job. Oh my god! Just let her do her job. Yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, that yeah, that one guy had this. Yeah, I don't know. It, y'all have Nobody seen it. That way. it Nobody for a minute. He watched. He's watched no, so many movies to think not. that like women just come up and are just like, I don't care. Like, just the way that he that the dialogue that he put in her mouth is like this is not real dialogue. Like any. English 101 teacher will tell you this is not how people communicate. Like, yeah, this is this is like porn dialogue. Yeah, right. You got right? that idea from porn that you watched. Oh my god. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. The, anyway, for those that maybe don't know, there was a pastor that had this uh, a story basically of a woman coming on to him, and he was tempted to leave his wife, but then he remembered Proverbs five or something. I don't know what, and that that saved him. I don't know, um, but yeah, it was like yeah, he's like, oh, I'm married, and, she, and the woman was like, I don't care. Like, yeah, that's no that file that into things that never happen. Did you see that he did have a response story. to it? Oh, he did. I didn't see. Oh, that yeah, on his way to Asbury, mind you, to the revival, which I know is a topic that you guys covered last week. But uh, he was on the way to the revival, and then he's <laughs> like, "Why does everybody hate me?" And then God told him to open his Bible to Psalm thirty-seven, where it says that like the wicked will vanish like smoke. And he's like, "Oh, all these people are evil," and it's mm -hmm. like, mm -mm, we just. We know how we know how people communicate. We like think that's you're just dumb. All yes. <laughs> yeah. Like we just we're calling your bluff. Yeah. This is a okay. Story. See, but this is like this is what happens when you actually are like practicing the Billy Graham rule. Is you have no fucking clue how actual human people speak to one another. Because <laughs> you only talk to dudes and watch porn. That is yeah. it. Yeah. That's your story, the story you make up doesn't doesn't pass the smell test because <laughs> yeah I, I i joked that like that every every seminarian has to come up with a woman wanting to sleep with them story as part of graduating oh, and no. that mine was a woman following me into a gender neutral bathroom wow gross yeah public bathrooms are nasty yeah i know like, <laughs> i was like it's just the more ridiculous it seems and then you can add in the whole like you know, like gender neutral bathrooms are evil angle. Oh, no. Of course. Like, of of course. course. Yeah. No, mine was I did not come up with that. I just you have to be bullshitting. like, I don't know, I'm sorry. Like women know how gross like dudes' bathrooms are. Yeah. Cause we use them when you're not looking <laughs> because the line is too long. And y'all designed the women's restrooms and you did a shitty job because you designed them just like men's restrooms anyway. Yeah, like you have to you have to be like 
on drugs. And I don't mean that in a disparaging way. Like, you have to be high on something to want to fuck in a public bathroom. Yeah. And, like, follow a stranger that you, like, not even made eye contact with into a public... Like, that... I don't... That's just not how but, life works, generally you, speaking. I could imagine a pastor telling that story. Because he wouldn't know that. Yeah. Because like, oh, he yeah. doesn't know that it's not gross to clean up when you spill in front of the toilet. Because his wife does it for him. Uh. He thinks it just disappears uh. with magic. <laughs> The Lord is so good. He, my he my, my urine. Yeah. <laughs> he raptured it right it off evaporated. the floor. <laughs> oh, God. Buddy, buddy. <laughs> the Lord just took care of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I love when I love when the story is like more aggressive than like a sex worker in a movie in from like the nineties. <laughs> It's like no, I'm actually gonna chase you down, dude. Yeah, what was the was it? No. That was the James Dobson story where he, like a woman like made eye contact with at him, a stoplight like, sign like they were in, he was, he had a stoplight and and followed him home. Okay, <laughs> I just yeah, and his like yeah, I mean talking about Mr. Potato Head, like no, <laughs> no, like no woman aggressively chased you. Uh, yeah, af- again, after making eye contact through <laughs> two cars. <laughs> like, didn't happen. Yeah. I love that, like, like m- men seem to think that women are just as predatory as they are. <laughs> Which, again, if you follow the Billy Graham rule, you don't know they're not. <laughs> I've only ever been alone with my wife. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. Uh, oh, my God. So no, no, not those dudes. Mm-mm. No, Mm-mm. no. So I don't know. I think we covered it. <laughs> I think we got it. <laughs> I think we did. We did it. We, we, yeah, authoritarianism just leads you to rough places and delusions of grandeur <laughs> and stoplights and stuff <laughs> and believing that the stoplight is where. <laughs> that's, where <laughs> that's where the sex happens. Ocular, ocular intercourse. That's that was a thing at Bob Jones University. If you made eye contact with a woman too long, you were committing ocular intercourse. That's so. That could be so much cooler, and it's just so sad. <laughs> yeah, but it's so lame. Yeah, like, it's like ocular intercourse. That's like a new sex. But nope, it's not. No, it's, it's not. Eye contact for more than three seconds. Which is like, which again is like, this is ridiculous because making eye contact is just kind of like culturally considered just like basic respect. I know not everybody does it. Not everybody has to do it, but just like culturally, that's all that's communicating. But like these dudes are out here going like, oh, she looked at me. Looked at me for too long. I can't respect her. Sex with her eyeballs. (laughs) Hussy made eye contact with me. (laughs) Oh God. Uh, yeah. Terrible. Terrible. Mm-hmm. All those guys get canceled. Cancel them all. <laughs> so evil. Uh, so uh, thanks for joining us, Lindsay. No problem. Do, do you want you. to be found on the internet? Where I mean, would you, I, uh, where, if you did, where would you be found? I'm mostly on Twitter as long as it lasts. 
under under my name of Lindsay Ficus. But yeah, that's that's my primary place right now. Definitely follow Lindsay because she's fucking hysterical. Thank you. I, I tweet a lot, which yeah. is it's a good and a bad, I think. But yeah, if I do anything cool on the internet, I'll I'll tweet about it. So just I guess follow me there. If any ladies make eye contact with you at the stoplight, oh please make eye yeah. contact. We'll hear about it. <laughs> that was actually my uh, proudest tweet ever. Uh, was you're in his DMs. I'm at his stoplights. We're not the same. Like if I could, that's my greatest hit <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> so. That was that's. It's like so niche, but like <laughs> it just hits that niche so well. Mm-hmm. Oh man, we are also on Twitter at Go Home Bible, and uh, also on Instagram at Go Home Bible, as well. Not at Go Home Bible as well. It's just at Go Home Bible. That would be funny. Uh, <laughs> and so you can follow us there. You can also link to all the other stuff that we're doing. And again, if you want to get more involved, Patreon.com/slash Go Home Bible. So thanks for joining us, men. Like, don't just think women are people know that they're people and I think the world would be a better place. So Agreed. That, that's all yeah. I got to say. Yep. All right. They're dead. Have a good one. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.